There is a king seated among us. Let every heart receive him now. And where there is praise, he will inhabit. There will be grace and mercy all around. And every bird will be lifted in his presence. Every trophy will be laid down at his feet. There is a name that reigns above all Christ, the King of all. Unto the Lamb, unto the Lamb, honor and glory, and worthy is He. Christ, the King of 
verse 3, in all our worship. In all our worship, we belong to you forever. Holy, holy, for all eternity. Yours is the name that reigns above all others. Jesus Christ, the King. for Jesus what a gift God you loved this world so much that you gave your son to make a way the way and we thank you words can't describe you gave us the only hearts are turned to you this morning. We receive the King, our King. Let heaven and nature sing. We join heaven this morning, glorifying you and lifting you up. And as the song says, you inhabit these praises. You are here by your spirit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the way.
Amen. He deserves it, doesn't he? Jesus, our King, come let us adore him. Why don't you give a head nod or a fist bump to somebody around you before you take your seat? It is good to be here with you this morning, whether you're online with us or in person. Welcome. Welcome to Christian Fellowship Church. We're glad that you're here. God is so, so very good. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful time to come together and worship the Lord together. Amen. If you're a guest with us this morning, we welcome you. We really appreciate that you're here with us. Thank you for taking time out of your weekend to come and worship the Lord together with us. We would love to know that you're here. We'd like to send you a note of thanks for coming. There's some new here cards in the back of your seat in front of you. Or if you're online, there's a link there that you can you can fill out. We'd love to be able to send you a note of thanks for coming and joining us for worship. There's a little checkbox on there if you'd like to know more about the church, a little bit more about our vision and mission here and what we do as Christian Fellowship Church. Somebody will reach out to you, give you a phone call. We appreciate that you're here. If you're here with us in person, as a guest, we do have some guest packs for you, a little gift that we'd like to give uh, to you on your way out the door there. Um, over here to your right, there's a little little gift bag. It's got a little coffee mug in there and a $5 Paris coffee card. I know that most of us enjoy coffee. <laughs> if you don't, you can give me the card. That's fine. Merry Christmas, everybody. I know it's a little, it's a little soon, but it's coming. It's here quick, right? It can't come any sooner. We love it. We love celebrating Jesus. We love what it represents, what it means to us, what it reminds us of, to seek him. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. We have a couple of announcements that we're going to hit on the announcement video. So if you'll turn your attention to the screen, we'll go ahead and take care of that. It was all smooth until I messed it up. Giving. <laughs> we can't, we can't, can't skip the opportunity for giving. <laughs> you guys, I'd get fired if I did that. Uh, no, just kidding. I wouldn't. But I just want you to, to know that if you would like to give, that opportunity is available to you. We have the drop boxes at the back um, as well as online options. We'll also have a few um, of our men standing back there with the buckets to make it a little easier on your way out. Um, if you'd like to give of tithes, offerings, or any kind of gift that God may lay on your heart. And we appreciate all your generosity. And last week, we really appreciate everybody that contributed to our giving message and what God laid on your heart to give to that. We are very, very grateful for that. Thank you so very much for all um, of your generosity. So now let's listen to the announcement video. Hey, guys. Welcome to church. I'm so excited that you are here. We have just one announcement for you. But wait. This is not going to work. We've got to fix this. Boom. That's a little bit better, but we're not quite there. Let's do a little bit further. That's a little better. I can work with this. Okay. Our one announcement this week we have is candlelight service Christmas Eve on December 24th. It's going to be epic. Don't go to the church because if you do, it's going to look like that first clip. Nobody's going to be there. We're actually going to do an online Christmas Eve candlelight service. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. And guess what? Even if you want to still participate in the candlelight service, we're giving away candles. They're at the back of the room on a table. You can take them home get enough for your whole family. And will there be a moment in our online service that you can participate with the candlelight service? It's going to be about 20 to 30 minutes. It's going to be super awesome. 
Um, and, and we're gonna film it right here at my house, which is super cool. I'm super excited about it. And don't forget to wear your Sunny's best or your PJs, whatever you wanna wear. Um, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. So don't miss it. Tell your friends December 24th, 5 p.m online on Facebook and YouTube. You can share them once we get going. They'll be live and it's gonna be so fun. Love you guys. Pastor Corey's coming up right now. Many questions uh, about New Year's Eve candlelight online. I know a lot of people immediately their hearts went, oh. But listen, we had many and many and many and many a discussion about this. And, and the beauty that we, we started kind of coming back around to, guys, is, is the availability for you. Again, where's the church? Who's the church? The availability for each and every one of us to gather our family around, whether it's in a living room, whether it's extended family that is able to come in, or, or however it is, but for you to be able to gather your family, uh, neighbors, friends, uh, and just to be able to celebrate. We're, we're excited to be able to give away all the candles. They're actually in the lobby, not in the, uh, in the, at the back of the sanctuary or the back of the auditorium here. In the lobby on your way out. Oh, there are some here too. I lied. There are some in here. We've got them both places for you. That's how on top of it my guys are. Um, but uh, this is a great opportunity, guys. I encourage you, grab some candles for your family, for a neighbor, invite somebody over. Uh, I realize things are different, times are different, but uh, we're excited to be able to put this whole thing together, something that you can then share with your family, celebrate, get around the, uh, the, the living room and, and light candle, and, and we're going to have, it's going to be a responsive reading back and forth. We're gonna, the words are going to be up on the, the screen for you. Um, it's going to be a great time. So please join us on on December 24th. That's coming up too fast. Too fast. How many of you already have like all your Christmas shopping, you're done? Like it's over. Everybody else is looking at you right now with disdain. Like just <laughs> utter disdain. I mean, just, ooh. Uh, Man, it's, uh, I, uh, it's going to be a great time, guys. Christmas is, is a beautiful time. I thoroughly enjoyed my, my message last week. I, I had somebody ask me this morning, and they were more asking about week one of postures and, and the whole lifting of hands sermon. Like, were you nervous? I was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then last week as well. It, it, there's certain things I think that we, we, we kind of take for granted within Christian culture. Especially here, especially here, and by here I mean in, in America, we, we, we've all been raised a certain way, and thank God for how we've been raised. I, I thank God for the blessings that we have, but, but I think at the same time, there's certain aspects of Christianity that we just, we don't understand, we don't get, and so we just have a tendency to push off. Um, one of those is... Uh, is I'm going to be starting a new series in, in January. And I meant to say something last week, and I walked out back after I was done, and, and there was a gentleman back there, I won't mention his name, and I was like, man, I forgot. He's like, what'd you forget? It's like, my message, next, I'm, I'm coming up in January, there's this thing I've been wanting to do. And he's like, oh, what, what is it? What, we could do it. And I was like, well, I'm going to be talking about prayer and fasting. He's like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, no sooner did I say fasting, he's like, fast, no. Uh-uh. 
Look, guys, I, I think there's a lot of things that we sometimes just don't comprehend. And, and we get these pictures sometimes of, of these super right-wing radical, I'm going to have to go 40 days without food or water, and, and this body doesn't survive for a couple hours without, without food and sustenance. Um, but there's something beautiful about what Scripture says about prayer and fasting. I, I'm going to encourage everybody, starting January the 4th, so Sunday's January the 3rd, starting January the 4th, Brandon's been uh, doing a lot of research for me, sending me videos, and, and we're putting together kind of uh, different levels, different ideas. I, I hate to say levels because it sounds like not levels this way, but just ideas where, where some of them includes food, some of them is just simply saying, hey, I'm going to uh, refrain from doing this so that I can concentrate on more on, on God and his word and what's going on. Uh, even if it's just an hour a day, if it's a full day, if it's one day a week. Or, uh, I want to encourage you guys, starting January 4th, already be praying about what it is that God would have you to do. January 4th through the 24th, 21 days of, uh, of fasting and prayer. I'm going to start the series on January 3rd. I'll end it on January 24th. Um, it's going to be a good time, guys. I know people immediately get scared of, of any talk that involves their food. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, today, though, what I want to do, so uh, again, over the past couple of weeks, what we've done is, is we've been in a series called Postures. Posturing. The different, the different uh, ways in which we present ourselves before God. How do you approach God? Who is God to you? Because who God is to you as well dictates how you approach him. Is he Lord? Is he Savior? Or is he just the vending machine that when you need something, you, you shout out a prayer? When things are bad, and I, okay, now God, now I really need help here. But then when things are good, who is God to you? Um, one moment, guys, one moment in our lives can change everything. One moment changes everything. And, and I think sometimes we tend to just kind of fall into the lackadaisical, just fall into the rote, fall into what we're used to, and we miss so much in life that God wants for us. In the very first week, we talked about lifting of hands and how, look, across denominations, it's, it, it's different. Some do, some don't, so go, some go way out there, and some just completely forbid it. But there's something in Scripture that, that, that tells you how important it is to God just to come before him and surrender and as well in victory before him. Uh, last week we spoke on giving our gifts as an act of worship and Brandon said uh, thank you and, and I too. I, I really want to thank you guys. Not, not even just, uh, th there were some people who, who donated monetarily guys and, and it truly is a blessing especially this time of year. But, but more so than that I hope, I pray, I pray that you got the idea that just behind it all is it's so much more than money. It's about our lives. What gift are you giving to God continually? Because if you, the truth is, if you're, if you're balking, oh, red amber alert, I think it's the third today. Um, so, <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we'll wait a second, pause and hear all the beeps across the, um, but with giving, guys, if, you, if you're stuck on the, the whole giving of money part, then the truth is, I, I don't know that you can give your life to him. Because in giving your life to him, it means everything. It means all of it. So we've got to be able to have the question. We've got to be able to come before people and say, this is what Scripture says on lifting of hands. This is what Scripture says on, on, on giving our gifts. Um, today, today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about bowing down in worship. This one is probably easier 
definitely easier than week one, but still very awkward for some. We're going to talk about bowing down in worship. Kneeling before God is an act of worship. And I want to start today by reading a passage. This is a portion of the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 10, or Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 10, it says this. When the wise men saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, last week, we looked at that word overjoyed. We looked at how it's so much more than just they had joy. It's joy upon joy. It's full-on joy upon full-on joy. It's this this exuding abundance of joy. Why? Why were they overjoyed? Remember, again, this wasn't just three wise men. This was a, a group of men, a group of men that had studied for centuries, not them particular studied for centuries. But these, this, this sect, this group, these magi, these wise men had been studying and praying for this very moment for centuries, hundreds and hundreds of years. Hundreds and hundreds of years, their fathers, 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 down the line had been praying and researching, trying to figure out exactly when this moment would come. And now, all of a sudden, everything aligned, everything was right there. They realized this is it, and so they were overjoyed. They were thrilled. In verse 11, it continues. It says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. Now, last week, I I made it a point to, to, to share with you that we have this idea of what Christmas looked like. We see our little postcards at Christmas, and there's the three wise men, which wasn't the case. There was a group of them, but we see the three wise men at the manger. Scholars actually believe that that Jesus was closer to the age uh, around about two years old by the time that the magi, the wise men, arrived. They had been traveling for over 900 miles 900 miles by foot, this massive caravan searching, following this one star. And by the time they made it there, you see right there, on coming to the house, they came to the house where Mary and Joseph lived. And on coming to the house, they see Jesus, who is now upwards of somewhere around two years old. Look, to me, I I mean, this just, this changes everything. We don't get bowing down. In our culture, it's not something we do. In other cultures around the world, it's an act of humility. You bow before somebody else. You honor them by bowing. We don't get that that much, so we don't do it. Men, men, we, we bow down once. We kneel. Will you? Or maybe, a, maybe like a, a baseball photo when you got to hold your, your basketball or your football. But that's about it. We don't kneel a lot. But we can get it when we look at the picture because it's serene, it's, it's peaceful to, to bow down before a little baby who's, who's cooing and coddling and it's just, it's cute. But now, again, remember, these were, were wise men, magi. They had researched and studied and, and they came to this point in time in their life where <laughs> it, it didn't matter. We, we tend to put uh, honor on, on people that, that we... we we place in elevations, people that, that look a certain way or do a certain thing. And, but Jesus, it wasn't his age. There was no other label that mattered. Was he, was he tall? Was he, was he well-built? He, did, he, did he look like a king? Did he, did he talk like a king? None of that to them mattered. And in fact, how many have two-year-olds or have had a two-year-old or have ever been around 
is a little different. It's a little different than a cute little baby. Because the two-year-old, they're no longer cute. <laughs> I mean, they have cute moments, but there's just this, oh, there's just, oh, something wants to, I, don't touch that, it's hot. Don't, don't touch this. This. Your rule is not to touch this. Okay, from now on, I will no longer touch that. That's a two-year-old. The wise men, though, all of that, it didn't matter. Why? Because, because they knew who he was. They understood who he was. And so all of a sudden, despite the fact that it was a, a two-year-old, maybe rambunctious, maybe running around the house, I, I don't know, pulling ornaments off the Christmas tree, that didn't happen. But all of that was irrelevant because they knew who Jesus was. The centuries of studies... The research, all of it had culminated right here, right now. And so to them, all they could do was bow down because before them, they knew was the Messiah. He was Lord. And so they bowed down and they worshiped him. Today, I want to talk about kneeling in the presence of God. And it is. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's like lifting your hands in that it's awkward. It's weird. It's not something that we're used to. It takes us out of our, cult, our, our comfort zones. But as we look through Scripture, as you look at his word, God's word, you start to see, you start to realize that over and over again, there's opportunity after opportunity to kneel down in humility and in awe before and worship before God. Uh, I want to start with a, a passage in Psalms 95. This is King David. David says this. He says, come and let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Come, let us bow down in worship. Now, I started doing a, a, just, just some research in, in this posture series. I've been kind of looking more at different things and researching. And, and what I found out is this word that David uses here, the Hebrew word worship, what we translate as worship, is actually used about 170 different times in Scripture. 170 times, but the translation, we translate it as worship, but it, it's so much more than just worship. In our minds, we tend to separate different things. We, we call worship, oh, that bit that we do before the guy gets up and speaks. Worship is, it's the song time. But worship here, the, the word literally, it, it means so much more. It, it's, it's worshiping on your knees. It's bowing down before God. It's a posture of bowing down low. It's a posture of kneeling in worship. When it says worship, it, it literally means so much more than just, I'm going to sing a song. It, it, it's a humility of the heart, a bowing down of the knee before God in worship. So while we see it as two different acts, 170 times it's, it's one inclusive act. Worship is, in part, kneeling before God. Um. Now, culturally, we, we don't fully comprehend, I don't think, we don't fully comprehend the, the holiness of God. A lot of times we don't kneel before him because we don't really truly recognize what it means to honor in this sense. We don't recognize what, how, how we're supposed to approach someone who is Lord. I mean, maybe you have, but I've never approached somebody who's had the title of Lord. 
physically, on earth. (laughs) It's not something that's natural to us here. We we don't fully comprehend it, but I truly know that if we understood, if, if we could recognize, comprehend just how holy God is, then we couldn't help but want to be low before him in worship. It's a presentation. And and when you start to comprehend the glory of God, this is the very one who spoke the world into existence, created everything. Then all of a sudden, kneeling before him just, just seems like the right thing to do. Now, interestingly, I... I uh, in my research, am I looking through the Bible? I can't find, I can't find one single instance, one single scripture, one reference to one time where God tells us, commands us, or says that we're supposed to bow down before Him. As I was reading that, I was looking through and trying to find different things where God commanded it or God said it, but, but the only thing God says about it is, is don't bow down to someone else. Don't bow down before other idols. There's almost, there's almost an assumption that when we know who he is, when we understand, when we comprehend who he is, how holy, how glorious he is, then then we'll want to kneel before him in worship. It's just this assumption, this understanding of of you won't be able to help yourself. So today what I want to do is is I really want to inspire you to to come worship him. In a manner, in a way that you may have kind of disassociated from worship, but but it really is the same. Not just to worship here within our building, but but so much more to, to let your life be full of worship to God. To get down on your knees and say, God, I I want there to be less of me and more of you. And quite honestly, what better time is there than in the middle of the crazy, the hustle, the bustle, the uh, everything going on in the world that we take the time to pause and we think about the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ, that, that God so loved the world, that God so loved you. That he became one of us. He became one of us so that anybody, anybody who calls upon his name would be saved. Look, he came for everyone. It it doesn't matter how bad you think you are, how good you think you are. God said, I came for all. And based on who he is and what he did, our only reasonable response then is to bow and worship. Today what I want to do is, is I want to give you three different postures in, within kneeling before God, bowing before God in worship. Three different reasons might, why you might want to bow. Uh, the first one is this. Some of you, I, I believe today, some of you may want to kneel, what I'll say is, is kneel before him in pursuit. What do you mean, Corey? <laughs> there's, a, there's a great story in Mark chapter 10 uh, about, we call it the rich young ruler. There was a young guy, a very rich guy, who, who had everything. He had everything that anybody would think they needed. In today's culture right now, we're dealing with, a, with, 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 with job loss, with people that are worried about what's going to happen tomorrow with the economy. And, and here was somebody who was set. He didn't have to worry about how it fluctuated. He, he, was, he was doing well financially. Had everything that anybody would think they needed, and yet he knew he was missing something. 
I want to pick up in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17. It says this, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before Jesus. He said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I've, I've, I've taught this message. I've read this story I don't know how many times. But what was interesting to me is I've always kind of focused on that line, the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I've never noticed his posture before Jesus. He was coming to him in pursuit of answers. He had questions. He, he didn't know what was right, what was wrong, but he knew he was missing something. And in that moment, all he could do was just fall down before Jesus and cry out. He was so desperate. He knew he had everything that anybody else would want, but he knew that he was missing out on something. He was missing out on what he knew he needed. And in pursuit of that answer to the question, he, he fell on his knees before God. I, I believe there's people here this morning, some of you that may be in a place uh, in life even now. You're not necessarily a committed God follower. You may believe in God, but, but he's not the sole pursuit of your heart. There may be some here that, that man, you're not even, a, you're not even a, a Christian by name, by whatever. You, you don't know. You have questions, and, and you're trying to figure it all out. Who is this God that you call God? Who is Jesus Christ, and, and how does that fit in with all the other religions that are out there, and how does it all work out? And You may have so many questions. All of these, a kneel in pursuit is a great place to investigate just that. And I want to encourage you, if that's, why, if that's where you are, here's, here's something that you might do. You might look at this message, what I'm preaching today, and, and it may not fully comprehend. You may not truly get it. You may not even fully get who God is because that, that's a revelation that God reveals within you. But within those questions that you have, you may be here this morning and you may just decide, look, I, I don't want to miss out on if this is what he says it is. You might kneel in pursuit and pray something along the lines of, God, if you're really there, show me. God, if you're real, I'd like to know. But I'll warn you. I'll warn you with this, that simple prayer, that simple thought. Get ready. I preached this last week. I, I preached a scripture, and it said, uh, Scripture tells us when we draw near to Christ, he draws near to us. So I can promise you, I can tell you now, if you've got questions, kneel before him in pursuit and see if he doesn't just reveal to you his glory. There may be others here this morning you're a follower of Jesus, but you don't, you don't necessarily, uh, you, don't, you don't need to kneel in pursuit. Like, like the questions are answered for you. You know God is God, but, but you may need to kneel, what I'll say, in, in repentance. Kneel in repentance. Sometimes, I think we could all be honest here and say sometimes we do things that break the heart of God. Sometimes we do things that break the heart of God and as well hurt those around us, loved ones, friends, people that we care about. Some of you may be here this morning and on the outside you walked into church and you knew I'm walking into church so I got to put my Sunday smile on. 
But inside, you're wrecked. You're hurting. Maybe you've hurt someone that you love deeply. There's a, uh, a powerful example of this, kneeling in repentance in, in Luke chapter 5. Uh, and again, another message that I've taught on before. But, but Peter, Peter and, and some other guys had been out uh, all day long fishing. They'd been out, Scripture actually says all day, all night. They'd been out fishing, and, and they come back in. They're trying to clean up. They're tired. They're, and it was a, just kind of like a wasted day. They didn't catch anything. Their provision, their livelihoods was on the line. They weren't going to be able to provide for their family that night. And, and Jesus says, hey, can I borrow your boat? Can, can we go on out? And they ended up taking Jesus back out. And as Jesus is preaching to the multitudes, they then stop. And, and Jesus looks at them and says, I know y'all have been fishing, but, man, you've been fishing on the right side. I think you should fish on the left side. Now, look, guys, I'm, these boats, this isn't like a, a cruise liner. I mean, we're talking, they, they were wide enough for two men to walk by. They weren't very wide. They, 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 were, they were rudimentary, these boats. And so all of a sudden, you're not going to think that, well, if I can't catch the fish here, maybe they're over here. It doesn't happen that way. I, I can only imagine in Peter's mind, he's looking at Jesus going, hey, look, carpenter's son, why don't you provide the table? I'll provide the fish. But nonetheless, he, he, he says... Okay, master, maybe an eye roll, I, I don't know, but I, I can only imagine in his mind, he knew what he was supposed to do, but, but that, wasn't, that didn't make sense. But Peter says, all right, because you say so, I'll, I'll give it a try. Throws his net on the other side, and Scripture tells us that there's so many fish that they couldn't even bring it on board, it started to make the boat sink. I want to pick up in, in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 8, and watch Peter's response all of a sudden. Suddenly he looks up, and, and I think he, he then realizes, oh my gosh, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize who you were. And at that very moment, Scripture says, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus. This was an act of repentance Watch his heart. He, he doesn't say, oh God, I thank you for this, this bounty that you have blessed me with. You're so good, give me more fish. He says, oh Lord, leave me. Please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. It was a recognition, a realization of, of all of a sudden who God was. And in realizing who God was, realizing who he was. I'm a sinner. I'm not even worthy. I'm a sinful man. It was an act of repentance. And the beautiful thing, Scripture tells us over time and time again that, that Jesus never, never, never turns away a sinner with a repentant heart. When you come before God with a heart of repentance, see, he never, never turns you away. There may be some here this morning and you, you may even be surprised you're here in church. Like it's, it's kind of, it's, it's close to Christmas, so you had to come because mama said, or, or whatever the reason was, but you know like you're just waiting for lightning to strike and, and something's going to happen because you know your life hadn't been living up to par. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are. It doesn't matter how bad the things that you think you've done, you belong in the presence of God. You belong in the presence of God with a repentant heart. 
Jesus never turns away someone who comes to him and says, God, I've, I've fallen. And that's just what Peter does. He says, I've, God, I, I didn't recognize. He falls on his knees in repentance, kneeling down. And, and look, there's going to be some of you here this morning that, that that's what you're going to need to do. is just to kneel down and say, God, look, I've, I've sinned against you. The good news, though, is, is Scripture teaches us that when you confess your sins... God is faithful, he's just, to forgive all, all your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Grab a core, you don't, you don't know what I've done. No, he's faithful and just to forgive all, to cleanse you of all. You may be here this morning and you may need to kneel, collapse before him and say, God, I, I, I've done something wrong, will you forgive me? And at that very moment, in the very moment, you will experience the grace of God. It's worship. It's worshiping the one who freely forgave you. As I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call the band back up. Don't, don't, I'm not closing quite yet. But I did get in trouble with the children's church workers last week. They said, you're going too long. The kids are crazy. I told them to suck it up, deal with those two-year-olds. Um, as they come up, guys, uh, some of you are going to kneel in pursuit, some of you kneel in repentance, and other ones. Um, it's, it's kneeling in submission is the third idea. Kneeling in submission. And I, I truly believe that there's going to be people here today, maybe even for the first time in your life, maybe within a particular area, an area where you haven't been willing to let go. You've wanted to control that you're going to kneel in submission. Now, I'll, I'll uh, 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 this, I, I, was watching, I was watching a show, and, uh, okay, I, it's UFC. Do I have any MMA fans out here so I'm not the only sinner up here that loves to see other people getting beat up? God bless. If you, if you think I'm going to hell for that, I'll just apologize now and say, God, forgive me. Um, I love watching MMA. In fact, the reason I figured out I loved watching MMA is I went to a hockey game. <laughs> I sat on the front row, right on the glass, and there were four fights right in front of me, right there. And the whole, like as soon as two guys came and hit, I was jumping up out of my seat going, yeah! <laughs> I was, uh, so I was watching a, a, uh, it was a presser this week. It, it was for an older fight that happened uh, a number of years ago. But, but in, in this presser, this guy was, he was confident, but in his confidence, he was cocky. And, and the other fighter, the other fighter was well known to, to be able to submit. He could do some different moves, put you in, a, in an arm bar, and, you know, and all these different holds that, that, I mean, if you don't submit, if you don't tap out, you're, you're, you're going to hear something snap. <laughs> And this guy, in his cockiness, was just like, look, I, I don't care. He's going to have to break my arm. He's going to have to choke me out because I ain't tapping. I ain't tapping. And as I heard that, I, I mean, I, I get it. You're proud. But the match ends either way. The match ends either way and you lose. What's the point? And I think there's some of us that are like that with God. There's an area in our life where, where we're not willing to tap. 
I want it my way. Break my arm. Choke me out. I don't care. It's... God has been reaching out to you for years, and if you're honest with yourself, you're losing the fight. But you won't surrender to his plan. His plan, which, which is so far, far more better than, than anything you could ever hope or dream. But you won't surrender to his plan, even when his plan doesn't end in defeat. His plan for you, Scripture says, his plan for you is to have abundant life, life everlasting. Some of you, you may need to tap this morning, kneel in surrender. I think what's beauty, beautiful, beautiful, what's beautiful about uh, this time of year, recognizing the birth of Christ, and, and from this leading up into, into Easter, we, we recognize and we see that this is, this is exactly what Christ did for us. We celebrate Jesus, born of a virgin in a manger, born, born to die. Scripture says the reason he was born, he was born to die. He was God in the flesh, and, and he knew what was coming. He knew what was coming, yet he never sinned against God. He knew the agony that he would face becoming sin. Think about that. You think about the very thing that you think hinders you from being in the presence of God, and that's the very thing that Christ went to the cross for. Christ became the very thing that, that you think keeps you from God so that you would never be kept from God. He faced the terror dying on the cross without the presence of his Father. It was his Father who had sustained him through, through so many different instances, through so many different things that had come up. Jesus understood all this was coming. And this is what he did. It says in Luke chapter 22 and verse 41, Jesus is with the disciples in the garden, and it says this, Jesus withdrew or walked about a stone's throw away beyond his disciples. He knelt down and he prayed. Jesus got down on his knees and he prayed a prayer of surrender saying, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet nevertheless, Lord, not, not my will, not my desire, Father, but, but yours. I submit to what you want to do. I recognize the agony. I recognize the pain that I'm about to endure, God, and, and I don't want to. But nevertheless, I submit to you. Not my will, but yours be done. There may be some here this morning, and, th and that's exactly where you're at, what you need to pray. Tap. Not my will, but yours be done, God. Kneeling to pray is often what gives you the strength to stand. It's a very surrendered posture. It's, it's worship in awe before God, and it's literally just coming before him and kneeling, recognizing who he is. Again, our, our culture, we don't, we don't necessarily understand or get the walking into the presence of royalty, but, but let, let, me, let me share this with you. You can kneel now or you can, you can kneel later. 
Scripture says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 and 11. It says, And being found in the appearance as a man, Jesus, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue would confess, would acknowledge the good news. The reason we celebrate Christmas and that is that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. Again, I, God never asked for us to come before him and, and said, you must bow before me. And I, I truly believe that that was for the simple reason of because he knew. When you comprehend, when you understand the grace that's been extended to you, the gift that's already been given to you, man, there's, there's no gift you can give that's big enough. And in that very moment, man, you, your heart is just humbled. I, uh, the band was, was singing this song. And there's a line, if, if I can, you mind if I steal your... <laughs> uh, there's a line in, in, in the, the chorus. Every trophy will be laid down at his feet. I started thinking about life, pursuit of happiness, if you will. I think every single one of us, we, we, we try and achieve things. And, and, and honestly, if, if, I can, if I can just be real with you, even, even here as I, was, as I was singing that song this morning, what immediately popped into my mind is, is that balance of am I trying to build a church or am I just trying to exalt God? Everything that we think we live our lives for, every trophy that we think we accumulate in life, man, every bit of it at one moment, when you, when you walk into the glory, into the presence of God, every one of those is just going to be like, all of this, it's nothing. I give it all to you because it's all I have. And God will look at all of that, and, and then he'll look right past all of that, and he'll ask you, but did I have you? But did I have you? Were you and I in relationship? When you know who he is, our only reasonable response is to bow and worship. God is that good. This year, Christmas time, I, I wanna give you a chance to bow down and worship. It's not as easy as, okay, everybody, let's stand up and raise your hands. Uh, I'm going to have the worship team play. And, and look, it, it may be a posture spiritually within your heart. It, it may be some of you that, that recognize you just need to get down on your knees and pray. But, but man, I, I, I encourage you. When you approach God with, with a heart of humility, it's, it's, a, it's an acknowledging of God. I'm, I'm a sinner. And at that very moment, just like I said last week, surrender and victory. Actually, first week, surrender and victory. At that very moment, when you come before him, you say, God, I'm a sinner. He says, you are my righteousness because of Christ. Arise. Well done, my good and faithful servant.
do you bow before him in worship? Is he a flippant prayer that you say on the way to work or before a meal? Or, or do you acknowledge the sovereignty? Is he Lord? Is he Messiah to you? There was a caravan of wise men that traveled 900, 1,000 miles, this massive distance all just to worship, to bow down, to kneel before a two-year-old toddler. Why? Because he was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He was the one that would come to restore their lives, that, that would change everything. And so the same today, you and I have the opportunity to bow down before him. To recognize, God, you are Messiah. I humble myself, Lord God, I, I, I come before you kneeling, whether it be in submission, whether it be in repentance, or whether it be in, in pursuit of answers, Lord God, I, this, this morning I, I kneel. If everybody would, if you'll please stand with me. Look, if you're, if you're here this morning, I, I want to do this. Let's do this. Um, you may recognize in your life that you fall within one of these three areas, one of these three categories. And with that, you may then sense as well this, this need to, Corey, I, I, I've, never, I've never knelt before God in repentance. I've never knelt before God in submission. I've never knelt before God in, in pursuit of the questions I have. There may be an area in your life that, that you're trying to control, trying to hold on to. Man, this morning you may, did, may need to say just, just simply, God, not my will, but yours. If you're here this morning and, and you recognize yourself that, that you need to just simply kneel before God, I just want to pray a prayer over you this morning, a real simple prayer. But if you'll raise your hands with me, I want to know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to have everybody bow down right now. I, I just... In your minds, as you raise your hand, it's you and God. Just you and him this morning. And I encourage you. God, I thank you. I thank you for this moment, this holy moment, Lord God, where you're doing works across this room within hearts, Lord God, for those that are, are tuning in online, Father. There's, there's people that you are working in their lives, my Father. Some, Lord Jesus, that just have questions and, and they're coming to you, Lord God, with, with just a, a, an act of, God, I don't know. Others, Lord Jesus, know but realize they may have fallen and they're coming before you this morning saying, God, I, I, I'm sorry. And then others, Lord Jesus, right now, you may have been working in their hearts for years and now, Father, they're saying, Lord God, I... I need to tap in this area. I need you. I need you in my life. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, for what your spirit is working in and through each and every individual right now. Father, I pray continually that there would be less of us and more of you. God, not, not what we want, but we kneel before you and surrender, saying we want what you want. We need your presence, for you are the Messiah. You are the King, the Holy One. Can we go ahead and sing that, please? Let's just worship him right now.
posture of kneeling before God, you may recognize this morning, I've never done that. I've never just come before royalty, a God, a Lord, and said, God, I, I give you my life. You may be here this morning and recognize that you need to surrender your life. The beauty is when you call on him, when you call on the name of the Lord, he's faithful, he's just, forgives you of everything. When you say, God, I repent of my sins, the, the very thing that you think is keeping you from him is, man, he's, he's saying, look, Jesus already died for that. I just need you to come to me. If that's you, I want to pray a simple prayer. It really is just as simple as saying, God, I need you. If you've never been in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about uh, you, you knew him from a book or you knew him from your parents or you knew him from somebody else, but I'm talking about a, a relationship where when you walked into his house, you recognized that you were in the presence of royalty. You recognized that you were in the presence of Lord. And all you could do was just fall down before him and say, God, I, I give you my life. I need you. If that's you here this morning, 
you're tuning in online and you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to pray a prayer with you. Real quickly, with every head bowed, every eye closed, please. If that's you this morning, if you'd like to commit your life to God, man, if you just real quickly raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Awesome, 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 awesome. God, thank you. Thank you for a son that was given for me so that I could have life. For Jesus who lived the perfect life and, and yet still chose to die. What was the perfect death for my imperfections? God, forgive me. Across the room, if y'all will pray with me, guys, let's all pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I submit to you. I thank you for your gift of life. I give you mine in surrender. I kneel before you, God. You are my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for, for decisions across this room, Lord God, for decisions even now online, Lord Jesus, for people that are recognizing the gravity, the enormity, Lord Jesus, of just who you are, the presence of royalty, the presence of the King, the presence of my Lord, my Savior, right here, right now, wanting to live life in relationship with me. Father, we thank you for life eternal, life everlasting, for the gift that was given to all of us, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we celebrate this year, Lord God, not just with a tree or or, or with presents under it, Father, but, but with a heart that bows before you, recognizing, Lord, that you alone are king, You alone, Lord God, are worthy. Come, let us bow in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. We thank you, Lord. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's join with them again as they wrap up this song. They sing it together. Come on, church.
to you be all glory, all honor, and power. We thank you for who you are, our righteousness, Lord God, our King, our Lord. We thank you and we praise your name forever. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all have a blessed Merry Christmas. We will see you next week.